1: I just wanna take you
2: high
0: Higher,
1: Throw your hands up in the sky.
2: Sky, sky, sky.
1: Let's set this party
2: off. <imitates sound> right? <sharp> <sharp> plus uh, put uh. your pinky rings up to the moon. <laughs> Ugh. Girls, what y'all trying to do? <laughs> what? Uh. 24-karat in the I guess we should probably listen to the song first before we record.
1: We make sure we know the songs before we just pick them on the surface. It was perfect. Was it? We ended up sounding like... Uh, early 90s rap versions of anything, (laughs) I think Bruno Mars would have been incredibly embarrassed. Welcome, everybody. I'm already embarrassed. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Thoughts That Rock, your favorite podcast, where Mm -hmm. we exchange a couple pieces
2: of life-changing advice. You take it, you thank us, and your life changes. Yeah, it does. Mine's already changed. This episode is sponsored by Certified Rockstar, which is Mm -hmm. our customized leadership training program. And listen... Depends on what you want. We got a half day, we've got day. a full day, we got full a virtual, virtual version. And without us spending a lot of time on it, just go take a look at the website. We spent like two, three hours on it. Huge. Certifiedrockstar.com.
1: <laughs> That's that rock help support Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. Please go see how you can get engaged with them. It's CannonballKidsCancer.org. Yes. And if you like the show,
2: please, I do. Please take a moment. I have. To just say thanks. I have many times (laughs) with as many email URLs that I And
1: after you say thanks, (laughs) go on and give us a five star rating and a written review or whatever star you deem us worthy of, which is five five is really the only one we want <laughs> look if you're not going to give us five don't do it yeah just because ignore everything that brands. the algorithm up. uh gremlins will get us if you do anything other than that so we're not going to
2: beg you Mm-mm. we're just going to tell you to do it please just do it i'll beg like nike i'm not too proud just do it that's right Listen, we know how busy you are, and grabbing just a moment to step mm-hmm. away and think strategically mm. about your life, we totally get it. Yeah. It's hard to come by, which is why yep. it doesn't even matter what you're doing right now. Nope. I'm sure you're listening to the show, but yep. you could also be, I don't know, teeing off some balls at Topgolf. Four! Maybe you're quietly playing with your pet rock, <laughs> oh, or maybe you're dog. grilling hot dogs on an all-new episode of Fansville. <laughs> you want a foot long. Doesn't really matter to us. We just, let's
1: just do it. <laughs> bubble, bubble.
2: Our guest today is Gretchen Bauer, who is the founder and CEO of B Swanky, which is an American luxury handbag company, which... Gives previously undervalued women the opportunity to create iconic products through ethical practices. And we're going to probably talk about some of that. Love it. First off, Gretchen, welcome to Thoughts That Rock.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
2: Us too. And and Brian, I don't know if I had shared this with you, but I met um, Gretchen through a CEO council that mm-hmm. I was speaking at over in Sarasota about a year ago. And we just connected around her company culture. She was in the process of uh, really amping that thing up and had already put some really cool things in place. And and of course we'll have uh, Gretchen's full bio posted in the show notes, but I did want to just point out a couple things. You know, she was an interior designer for 26 years, mm. and that's where she discovered really the disturbing reality behind the garment industry, specifically in the U.S. and the conditions that people worked and and the way those workers were treated and. I know she just wanted to make a difference by improving the lives of the women employees and change the way the goods are manufactured here in the U.S. and really just by creating an unparalleled work culture. And again, I'm going to let her share some of that stuff. But she uh, created and launched Be Swanky, Mm -hmm. and uh, that that really has a mission to be the difference. All of the handbags are designed and handcrafted, really just – by an unbelievable team of women who are part of the entire production process and have created this uh, rock star culture that we talked about. And uh, one of the things I hope that comes out of the conversation, Gretchen, you know, hopefully you can share some of those cool things about your unique collection designs. I'll just leave it with that and also the sourcing because I think you're doing some things different than. A lot of other people but you said you've listened to some of the episodes before you know our style we're going to do it a little bit different than what you hear on most podcasts we're going to get right to the heart of the matter and uh, we'd love for you to share your great piece of advice so the floor is open to you Gretchen what is your thought that rocks
0: that rock, number um, one. it's interesting the first thing is listen to your advisors that's just a little side thing and one of my advisors helped me find out something that I was lacking. I was making decisions far too quickly, major decisions. And my assessments and his advice led to me realizing I need to pull back on the bow.
2: Pull back and, on the bow. Mm-hmm. What's that mean?
0: And You know, if you picture everyone seen Braveheart and when he's going, <laughs> hold, hold, <laughs> that's what I kind of visualize in my mind because I would make a decision and be reactionary. And instead of, processing it thinking of you know first and foremost the culture and the people because people matter at be swanky and then process it and then make an informed decision based on all the information i have
1: hmm. it, yeah So uh, interesting i'm glad you clarified yeah. I, i'm literally <laughs> thinking like like a bow no oh, no not that not like bow and arrow uh, no i'm thinking like bow, like put a a a bow on it. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, pull back on the bow. Hmm. No, that actually makes more sense that it's a bow and arrow. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Uh, You can tell we're approaching gift wrapping season. Gotcha. (laughs) So you know where my brain has been. Uh, I I love this. So, so how have you been able to use this advice to sort of further the, the mission of be swanky?
0: interesting because we deal with a lot of different languages and cultures in the building and that's something i need to be aware of and you know in in the united states we're pretty matter of fact blunt business-like and and um i don't know how to describe it but just moving very quickly and so i have to take into account that they can't understand me clearly i don't speak russian or Spanish so those are the two other languages in our building mm. and so I need to be aware of my body language and my tone because I think they've they've uh, measured that it's only about 10% of what you're saying is what matters mm-hmm. the actual that it's the tone and the body language so I stop immediately I pause I hold I pull back on the bow And then I I gather all that. And the first thing I do is make sure they know everything's okay. And my body language shows that open arms, tone, smile, smiling is very important, even though inside you're like, oh my gosh, this is all going wrong.
2: (laughs) I I think when you're, you've probably talked about this before too. I think the three of us uh, on the call are probably, we we like to use what our friend Kat Cole says, the hustle muscle. Like Mm -hmm. we're constantly busy. We're very reactionary in a lot of ways. Um, and and I, I love living my life like that. But I, it reminds me, at least in the restaurant industry, you know, being a training and development guy, I had almost always reported up through human resources. But there was a time where I've, I reported up through operations. And the reason I bring this up, this is a big debate in the training and development world. You go, which of these do you want to report up to? If you report up through operations, one, you're going to get a little bit more money. You're probably going to have a little bit of a louder voice. But unfortunately, you're going to be very reactionary you're at the mercy of when something's broken, send in the training and development team. They just want to fix, fix, go, go, go. It's literally working in in the the you know the leaves of the problem tree, if you will. You can never solve enough branches where it's sort of to your analogy when you're saying pull back from the bow. This is how I equate it when I would report up through human resources that Maybe we didn't have enough money in our budget. Maybe it took a little bit longer for an initiative to be launched, but it gave us an opportunity to step back and think strategically so that we could get the right thing put out into the field if training was even needed. Like maybe it wasn't even needed in the first place. So I I don't know if that equates in your world, but it sounds like versus you running around and making these super quick decisions and not maybe thinking them through, just by taking a moment to hold, hold, like you were saying in Braveheart, you, you can think a little bit more holistically about the business. Is that is that a fair statement?
0: It is. And it's also that I'm including their opinion and what they know because that's so important. So we're manufacturing. We have a whole manufacturing facility, all the big leather cutting machinery, all of the painting machines, everything here, industrial sewing machines lined up. And so it's a beautiful culture. But... When, when things, when they make mistakes, or I, I will not even use the word mistakes, when things happen, because it, it comes from the top, I obviously didn't clearly delegate something mm-hmm. or communicate properly. When things happen and they're not right and products are coming out wrong, instead of just reacting and saying, oh, my gosh, we have to fix this right now, realizing that approaching it with getting all of their input and it's kind of like my mind is going when I'm sitting there at a production meeting oh my gosh all these people are sitting <laughs> here I'm paying them all to sit here they should be making things I've shifted my mindset Them sitting here we come up with the best ideas yeah we have long-term plans we have solutions and you said strategizing that's I don't know how to make these bags they do so that's where my mindset went from Kind of like got to make the donuts, hurry, hurry, mm. hurry to stop, spend the time with them, be mindful of them, respect their input. Mm-hmm. And in the end, that extra time and effort and pulling back on the bow and waiting. Leads to better production, yeah. um, better quality Them feeling involved. And that's so important.
2: Yeah. Yeah, This next week, Brant and I are are actually doing that. I mean, we have a program called Certified Rockstar. It's been in place for a couple of years, but we know that we can always make it better. And we're not waiting for things to to go sideways. We are spending an entire day this Monday on just going... What can we do to, to sort of polish it off and make it a little bit better? So I think if people don't do that, you get caught in the thick of thin things, if you will.
1: Well, I think so too. That the the idea of pulling back the bow is the time and effort that you are using to pull it back. The the, the hope is that it's going to come out faster and go farther, right? I mean, the, if, you, if oh, you exactly that's yeah. the point, right? So the idea here is let's take some time to think through it so that when we do release it. It's, it's going to you know, have the trajectory that we want and, and has uh, more distance behind it as opposed to just quickly putting it out and, and quickly getting it away from us might not actually have the impact that we, that we desire. Is that, is that what you've seen in, in sort of taking the time to, to ask the tough questions and pull back that bow before you launch a product?
0: Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness, Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of Driven Living. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, one of my team members the other day sat with me and she said, I am, she even used the word proud. She said, I'm really proud of you because hmm. I've never seen anyone who has the ability to look in the mirror like you do and realize that what they're doing isn't right and then change it. And that's something that I love. i, I growing, learning, changing, and then realizing You know, I think, Jim, you had written me something about mistakes I've made in the past. They weren't really mistakes. I used the information I had at that time to make the best decision. But looking back, would I do things the same way? Absolutely not. And that means I'm growing and learning. And isn't that awesome? Because if not, it's just insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And the results we're getting are, our product has been elevated to the point where a woman came to me yesterday and I interviewed her from Prada and Gucci. She was the head of advertising internationally. She wants to work with us because of our culture and the fact that we're growing and we're open and and (laughs) it blew me away. Yeah. but That's part of it. And would I learn from her? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: Well, you've even said in your processes um, and maybe you could share real quick what, what type of luxury bags, like how is the process of be swanky? And I I really asked that not just because of the, the way that we set up the intro, but your team is highly involved in the production process. And I think that helps you with your the thought on pulling back on the bow. You're actually including them as well as part of that going faster and farther. But, but tell everybody what Be Swanky is specifically on that, that sourcing and being very ethical and your unique product. I think people would love to hear that.
0: Okay. We create... Uh, very iconic shaped handbags. In fact, they're, they're in two museums right now, in Coral Gables and uh, the historic Bethlehem Museum, part of the most valuable handbag collection in the world. We're just honored to be part of that. So our bags are iconic and different. And the way we created them is we designed for the women that they're intended for, the the trailblazer, the person that travels, the woman that needs them to function differently. So our iconic Sophie handbag, it's named for a young lady that was one of my interns and is part owner of the company now. It goes from handbag to backpack, but it's got a trapezoidal shape. And the number one piece of feedback we get on this handbag is people get more compliments on it than any other accessory they've ever owned. And that blows We've never had anyone... Buy a bag, use it, return it. Never. Yeah, yeah that's Never. amazing. They buy multiple, so it's. But we've taken it from it being almost like a, uh, a an arts and crafts type bag at the beginning, where it wasn't as polished and refined, and elevated it to the luxury brands, Gucci. Hermes, people liken us to them, and they say they can't even go back to those bags because we keep elevating the linings, the zippers, the trims. We keep buying machinery to make it better and better. And the women in the factory, I should say atelier, uh, they ask for those machines. They beg for them. Can we get this? Can we get this? And I say, you're giving yourself more work. And and they say, we know, but we want we want to be the best. So our handbags, we have two different sizes of that iconic bag and they just designed a new laptop bag that is coming out today that wow. is um, for both men and women. I know that men need better bags. So.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: um, and, and you had asked about sourcing things. We are using – the the most exciting thing we're using is python from the Everglades, and it's an invasive species, and we are sourcing that directly. I work with a uh, decorated python hunter, Amy Sewey, who just caught – the second largest python in Florida and we directly work with her and we're coming out with a cobalt blue uh, Everglades python bag in two weeks. That'll be unbelievable, but it's, it's, we're helping the environment. We give back to South Florida national parks trust with every python purchase.
2: So so this is what I love. My uh, you know, you know, my girlfriend, Melissa has one of those bags and I think you know, when you first hear that you've got a handbag, luxury handbag, I mean, it's beautiful and it's made from python. You think, you know, there's probably some blowback. I'm sure there's some people that would get frustrated with it. But you made the case, you know, exactly the right way for us in Florida. It's an invasive species. It's in the Everglades and it's now killed 90 percent of all of the, the animals down there. Pretty much the only thing left are alligators, which they're now starting to eat the alligators. So you, you I know, have not only it's a women-owned business, but all of the people that are working in your production house, you've got all these women who wouldn't have the same culture, the same environment that they would have somewhere else. You've provided that. But now, as part of your ethical sourcing, you've hired or work with a female python hunter who's going out there and doing the right things. And... There's a portion of those proceeds that are going back and supporting, um, you know, that that same that same industry. I just think it's it's amazing, and it is the the bag is fantastic. Like you know, when she wears it out, she does get compliments every single time. It's it's great.
0: Oh, I love hearing that. You would not believe because she got her bag a while back on how many improvements we have made where, you know, it's, it blows people away. And that's why people end up buying multiple. And, and that's our goal is to just keep getting better and better and better.
2: Yeah. Well, it looks like it. I mean, every time I go online, you've got another piece of product coming out. It's great. You know, and you had mentioned something earlier, which probably leads perfectly to our thought as well. You were talking about, you know, not necessarily making mistakes. I think by you having different people that you can bounce ideas off of, you're including the team as part of the, you know, the decisions to make things better. And I was just sharing with you that Brant and I are going to be working on this training program to always continue to amp it up. But I thought this, uh, this thought Brant that you found was perfect. And hopefully it aligns really well with Gretchen's. What is, what is our thought that rocks this week? So, yeah, so our
1: thought this week comes from Rita Mae Brown, and I just loved it, and it's this. Thoughts step, rock, number two. Good judgment comes from experience, and experience comes from bad judgment. <laughs> <And> I think <laughs> that even, Gretchen, what you just said, of uh, the number of improvements um, that have been made since uh, since Jim uh, was able to grab one of the bags is... is You know, you you can only, as you said earlier, you can only function off the information that you had at the time that you made that decision. But as things move forward, I think it's so important for us to have that continuous improvement sort of mindset where we can take maybe some of the things that we look back on and go, gosh maybe it was bad judgment, maybe it wasn't bad judgment, but it was what we had available to us at that time. But this idea now moving forward, using that information, using that experience to to improve both, not just product, but even company culture. How has that worked for you? Have you can you look back now, um, years later and say, even though you started with all the right ideas as far as difference in manufacturing and ethical sourcing and all that sort of stuff, can you look back and go, man, we've learned so much from even the the good heart that we had back then that has improved both culture and process for the organization now?
0: Yes. You know, it's interesting. I think what you have to keep doing is keep raising the bar. Uh, it's interesting because not just on production, but culture, both of those things are an ongoing process. It's like a, a growing living organism where, if you just sit back and say that's good enough, um, you'll never get better. You'll never be able to compete with the big giants out there. And so, I think there are two separate items: both the culture and the production, where we keep improving and looking at those mistakes and problems we had. And we, we laugh. We laugh a lot in the building because mm-hmm. we have, or else I cry if I saw the things that that we we did wrong. But what we constantly do is fine as a four letter word to me. I've been coined as saying that I'm going for exceptional and great all the time, but to be open-minded to pivot and also to be able to take really tough feedback. Mm-hmm. I've met and surround yourself with advisors that are not. Yes. People. I don't want anyone that just yeses me. Yeah. I want them to say, you i have a german advisor and i I hate to to generalize this man's tough he came from german military and ran companies all over the world and he just happens to be someone who helps me here in sarasota now and i was afraid of him at the beginning i truly was afraid of this man i mean he in fact everyone in the building was he raised the bar he said clean this place up if you're going to call yourself you know an atelier and this you've got to make it better improve this come out with better products and during covid where it, it could have been um, a time to say, we're down to the count. This isn't gonna work, poor me. He said, take this time to get ahead. Mm-hmm. I came into this building every single day when we were shut down, and our women were making masks for nonprofits out there. I love that. At- they volunteered, and we kept going. I was distributing masks throughout Florida, and it was really exciting, but during that time, we came out with a new product, we improved, I bought machinery that was, they were discounting because they couldn't sell it. But this man, he scared me at the beginning. And now <laughs> I consider him like, he's one of my dearest friends. And I embrace everything he says. And I know he's going to be real and tough on me. And I'm open to learning. Sometimes I i have to tell him kind of it's enough after an hour, because my mind's about to explode. But You need to surround yourself with those people that will give you criticism, that will make you better. And instead of of distancing yourself, bring more people like that in that you trust because it'll make you better. And the whole team, they can't wait to see him. He's coming by tomorrow and we cannot wait because he's going to give us some criticism, but he's going to make us better.
2: I love that. I love that. And you know, by the way, the a little side note, I remember you getting a lot of great press whenever you guys started making those masks, uh, because that was before everybody was doing that. I want to say it was back in February, March before the real lockdown was happening. You guys were already on that. And, uh, You know, again, it's nice that you you can now find a mask anywhere. You got any retail store, everybody's doing it. But not only were you doing it and and being ahead of everybody, but you were doing it for free. You were donating it. And I just I I think that was that was awesome.
0: Well, thank you. I turned to the women. They met me here and I said, let me pay you. And they said, Gretchen, we know you're giving them away. We want this place to be up and running soon and we know it's going to help. So they refused to take money.
2: For yeah. the mass, yeah. So, Brant, I know you make um, bad judgments all the time. When, when, uh, if you're <laughs> it's lucky, one, of my, it's one of my spiritual gifts, <laughs> yes. I mean, when you're thinking of this thought, um, like. Again, I applaud you because I I think that you take risk all the time. You're willing to stick your neck out, try something out, and then, you know, 30 days later, you're like, well, that didn't work, which we've <laughs> talked about in previous episodes, and you go, let, let me figure out a different way. But ultimately, you're trying to get to the good judgment. Like yeah. you, you almost feel like I, I hate using that term, but it is the fail forward, fail fast, fail miserably, and you're yeah. like, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do it because I know it's gonna be better on the other side. I mean, yeah. where Where can you maybe add in your own sort of spin on this to say, you know, this is how you live your life because it is, I think. Right. Well, I I mean, I, I think that, you know,
1: if you don't learn from it, this is the key factor. It's fine to be risky. It's fine to do all those things as long as you are willing to learn from, from the bad judgment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I should say, I don't go into things looking to have bad judgment. Don't you, though? A little. (laughs) Um, But most of the time, uh, you know, I am a high-risk, high-reward guy. That's Mm. just how I function. Uh, You know, I want to go big, and and I want to succeed big, or I want to have such a blowout massive failure... (laughs) That it creates a fantastic story that I can use on stage (laughs) because that's how I make my living. So either way, it's a win for me. It's either, it either ends up as fodder for, for somebody to learn from a horrendous bad judgment decision that I've made, or it works out great. And I can tell people how, you know, the risk paid off. But the idea being, um, if I only, if I only uh, uh, was able to succeed in the two percent of the things that actually work out, and I never learned from the bad judgment, well, then then that's where we get ourselves into some trouble. Yeah, but I, I feel like we're risk averse, many of us are. Yeah. Well, by many of us, I mean you. yeah. Um, but for <laughs> for the most part, You know, the idea for me is if you go into it knowing that no matter what happens, you're going to you're going to come out with a win. Mm -hmm. It might not be the win in the which in which the way you wanted it to be, but it will still be a win. If you can go into it with that mindset, um, you're going to find yourself not just with significantly more success, I believe, but also. Um, with a mindset that, that allows you to, to move forward in a way that's exciting and makes me want to get up every day and and do it again, as opposed to, you know, worried about what's going to happen or not happen. You know, I go back to, to Kinsuni and this, the, the ancient art of, of pottery Mm -hmm. uh, of fixing pottery. Right. And, and so love that story. Most of us in that uh, mindset, Gretchen, there's, I don't know if you're familiar with Kinsuni, but Kinsuni is an ancient Japanese philosophy and a, and a method of repairing broken pottery. And the the story of Kinsuni is there was an ancient Japanese shogun who sent out his favorite tea bowl that had been broken to be repaired. And uh, it came back with all these ugly metal staples in it. And, and they just tried to take the brokenness and just put it right back together as it was. And he hated it. He didn't. He's like, this has got to be. This is my favorite bowl. It can't look this ugly. And so he sent it out to some local artisans, and he he tasked them to try to repair it again. And what they ended up doing was, rather than try to put it back together and and make it look like it had never been broken, uh, they went out and found the most valuable resource they had at that time, which was gold. They melted the gold down and they used the gold to repair the broken pottery. And in doing so, they did two things. Number one. Um, they honored the history of the bull. Right. So they, they were able to capture the fact that this bowl has lived a life. And number two, it was actually worth more than before it was broken because now it's lined with gold. And this idea of Kansuni is, is it actually translates to golden repair mm-hmm. and that, that, that gold is meant to be illuminated and showcase that history. And what hit me when I read all this, and, and it's sort of in this same mindset of bad judgment, is that we spend so much of our time trying not to be broken so much trying not to be broken. And what I have had to learn is that that is an absolute waste of time and energy Mm -hmm. because when you have to come to the realization that you're already broken and when you realize that you're already broken, then you can focus on what's holding the brokenness together. And that, is how we move forward with deliberate intention that is how we really learn from the bad judgment because we're able to focus on what's holding the brokenness together rather than this risk averse afraid of being broken in the first place and that to me is would be my two cents on on the success of my bad judgment
2: <laughs> well and i think it's exactly how i mean if you think about it, it it's perfect for an analogy for what Gretchen's doing with Be Swanky, because, you know, from what I know about you, Gretchen, and I look at what you've done in your team, you think positively, you go into it with, I just want to make this world better. And in fact, that's how you started the company. I want to make it better for women who are undervalued or in crappy environments somewhere else. You've created this great culture. Are there going to be some mistakes? Probably. Is there some, you know, mistakes that they might make? I mean, there's probably things that are going on every once in a while in the company, but I would assume you know, the goal is and they're a part of the the process. Let's just make this the best luxury handbag company there is, not just in Sarasota or maybe even in the US, but in the world. Like you said, you're getting compared to to Gucci. That's that's fantastic. But I would assume you sort of have the same mindset, right?
0: I do. And there are a couple things that Brant said that were interesting and kind of hit home. Which ones? And- <laughs> <'Cause>
1: <laughs> I'm writing notes. I, I'm trying to figure out Gretchen this is what I have to deal you know every day. In spite of 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 wanting He's, to be here he still loves me. in tinfoil studios, <laughs> I come for the abuse and, and uh you know, it's just part of the deal. We jug, Yes, I'm sure. Yes. Repeat what brands please please save this segment. Please, Gretchen, with some brilliance. Thank you.
0: There there are two things when you say like perfectly imperfect and our bags truly are handcrafted. So we're using You know, Python. And so each item, when you look at it, they're all different Mm -hmm. because they're piecing them together and assembling them. I think we found out there were 72 components, and that's not including thread and paint in one of our handbags that's a lot of pieces that's yeah. a lot of parts yeah and, um, and we we did a contest to find out And there was a surprise. we we used jim's culture that rocks here and um and so we found you know when you look at our bags there are no two bags that are exactly the same because we aren't focused on quota production production yes at the end of the day we need to have a certain number of bags come out but it's more important that they are absolutely beautiful and you know, leather comes different colors every time. And, and something interesting with the python is our python from the Everglades, they're all different colors and um, patterns because several different species were introduced. So mm-hmm. other fashion brands use farm-raised python in Indonesia. So they're controlling the color and, and consistency and patterns. So when ours come in, to your point about imperfect, you know, sometimes it, we have to change out the, the different leathers or I let them make a decision. And one time I left and production was going on and Kathy, who's really the heart of the building back there, she she's the one who just designed the new laptop bag and, and a new cuff, a, a cuff we just came out with and named after her. But she she put two things together that weren't supposed to be put together. <laughs> so I came in and this is, before, I was really pulling back on the bow as much as I do now because I've learned. And I my face showed it all, kind of, what did you do? <laughs> and I looked at it, and I realized it was better looking than what I had put together. Mm. And that's something. To be humble enough and able to say, I don't have to design everything. I don't have to pick everything. My gift is knowing what looks really good. I have the ability to do that. That's one thing I'm an expert at. And so, in the end, we decided to move forward with that bag. It became one of our best sellers. We called it the mistake bag in the building. And we we sold out. And we make make everything limited edition. So, if you're buying one of our bags, it's not going to be around a long time. Because not only does that help it retain its value, but we get tired of looking at the same thing all day. So, it makes it more appealing for them and when they get the new hides and the new leathers they squeal it's excitement like mm-hmm. oh my gosh look what came but that's the whole thing those are two things where the imperfect really is perfect
2: yeah. for us that's awesome fantastic <laughs> where, where can uh people see these bags i mean i know i'm, I'm using the company name b swanky that's in, in my mind it's all capital letters right it's b s w a n k y is it b com? it is Great. Where 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 can we send you know people to maybe get more information about you in addition to the bags?
0: They can find us on vswanky com. We have a, an entire e commerce website set up, and we also have several re- retailers throughout the country. Primarily in Florida, we sell at Harley Davidson. Hmm. Uh, several dealers with them. We're we're trying to get on the east coast of Harley Davidson. Hmm. We're sold at Porsche in Sarasota, and we're also sold at. Uh, believe it or not this little jewelry store sells more of our handbags than anyone Shepherd's jewelry and I can't believe it it's it's amazing they sell bags every single week um, and it's amazing and again our customers tend to buy more than one yeah <laughs> in the <that's> week. Great. <laughs>
2: Well, we we love what you're doing, particularly again, like I said in, in regards to just creating a fantastic culture. So much I don't even know if I mentioned it to you, Brant, but I'm putting Gretchen and B Swanky in my next book which Woo-hoo. will be around leadership because there are some things that obviously we didn't get a chance to talk about here, but that you're putting into place to just create something amazing and uh you know, that that's right up our alley and we couldn't be happier for you. So you know, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us, and uh, we're going to keep an eye on your journey and, and just keep celebrating you and your team.
0: Well, thank you, and I want to thank you, Jim, because when I did see you speak, I, I think I wrote down every single thing you said, and I have those notes, and I shared them with so many people um, that are implementing things in their own companies, and it totally was like a paradigm shift for me because I thought what I was doing was good enough, and it wasn't. And I took that and ran with it. And that very week after hearing you, we changed our team team breakfast we had monthly. And I, I went out to the dollar store and I bought crowns and all kinds of wow. uh, items for everyone to wear. And it just elevated it. I think I spent $20. And since then, it's now a team lunch once a week. And and I can't thank you enough for helping me see how very important it is because they are the heart of this business and they will do they believe, they care, and what they give me in their efforts because of the culture we've created is something I can't even measure.
2: Well, I, I thank you for that. I, you know, one, I'm humbled, but this is the whole reason why we do what we do. I mean, just impact and influence, and and here you are running with it, and it just it makes me super happy, and Brant very depressed. So, uh, Gretchen, <laughs> you know, there's two of us. Uh, on- <laughs> hosting this that's fine yes
1: i've yet to be able to speak for be swanky even though it is far more on brand with me than it would be with mr covid
2: lockdown you'll get there eventually (laughs) don't worry it's not a problem seriously you're the best thank you gretchen so much and uh we look forward to seeing you soon thanks gretchen
0: thank you jim thank you brett
2: you've got it rock on hey rock stars
1: thanks so much for tuning in if you like what you've heard please subscribe Ever miss an episode?
2: Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock, rock on. on! Welcome, change agents, to your go to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all.